Good morning and welcome to the encouragement for April 5th, 2020. My name is Grant Winness. I'm, I'm one of the pastors at First Baptist Church of Hampton Falls, New Hampshire. Um, I'm wearing a baseball cap because my corona hair is going crazy. And, um, but I, I hope you'll forgive me for that. Maybe you understand. Uh, this morning I want to especially say something to those who are in um, nursing homes or uh, quarantined, uh, those who are in, in facilities where you really are under lockdown. I'm outside right now and uh, I'm able to get out and be outside, but I want to uh, give this encouragement, especially towards those who are um, locked in. Um, at the same time, I think there's applications for all of us. So this morning I'm looking at uh, Lamentations, taking a little bit of a, a detour out of the Psalms, but this is Hebrew poetry. And I uh, want to bring a word from there. Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah, and it was written after the downfall of Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem was laid siege twice, and the last time was in 586 BC by Nebuchadnezzar and the king at the time was a puppet of, of Nebuchadnezzar his name was Jehoiakim and he rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar made an alliance with Egypt and so Nebuchadnezzar sent his armies down to lay siege to the city well if you're a history buff I encourage you to look into some of these things uh, a little bit deeper but uh, the city was under siege for two years and you can imagine uh, what that would be like. Some of us feel like we've been under siege, well we have uh, been under siege, especially those in, in quarantine and isolation, you just can't get out. Uh, but the city deteriorated, the people literally were starving to death. Um, they were eating their horses and even um, just doing things that were unimaginable, that they thought were not even imaginable, because that's what happens when humans become desperate and uh, so this was going on for two years finally one day Jehoiakim actually fled he broke through the city walls and fled with a bunch of his leaders and the city was left defenseless uh, Nebuchadnezzar's army comes in they break down the walls and they pillage Jerusalem and it's a terrible scene as they murder men women children uh, they carry uh, exiles off the, the nobility especially off to Babylon and they pillage the temple, they, they desecrate the temple, and Jeremiah and a few others are left to tend the land. They didn't take everybody, they didn't leave it completely desolate because they needed the people to work the land, they needed slaves and uh, to pay tribute to Babylon. And so the story goes that Jeremiah is sitting up in a cave um, in the right eye socket of, uh, of these, the system of caves that look like a skull. And some people think that that's the hill on which Jesus was crucified and that's why it's called the place of the skull. And here, um, 500, almost 600 years before that happened is Jeremiah sitting in a cave. He's looking out over the city. And uh, this is how he starts Lamentations. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow has she become, she who was great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks among all her lovers. Sorry, the wind there. It's a problem with doing this outside. 
She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. And he goes on to talk about the situation that Jerusalem and Judah find themselves in. I find it interesting, it, uh, just as I'm reading that, how lonely sits the city. My wife and I went into Portsmouth for a quote-unquote date night um, uh, last Friday, and it was empty, and it was eerie, and we commented to each other, this is what a depression must look like. Um, all the businesses shut down. Not to equate this to the pillaging of Jerusalem, but in chapter 2, Jeremiah goes on, and uh, it ends actually with him laying his complaint before the Lord. And it says this, Look, O Lord, and see, with whom have you dealt thus? Should women eat the fruit of their womb, the children of their tender care? Should priest and prophet be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? In the dust of the streets lie the young and the old. My young women and my young men have fallen by the sword. You have killed them in the day of your anger, slaughtering without pity. You summoned as if to a festival day my terrors on every side, and on the day of the anger of the Lord, no one escaped or survived. Those whom I held and raised, my enemy destroyed. Now there's a lot of uh, poetry in there, and there's some hyperbole. For example, he says that everyone was killed while he's writing this. But that's the question that he asks. Lord, why did you do this? Who, who else have you dealt with this way? It's his complaint that he raises to the Lord. And then he comes to chapter three. Three is the pinnacle. Now, something I haven't told you yet about the book of Lamentations is that it's laid out very deliberately. There are six chapters. The first, second, fourth, and fifth chapters each have 22 verses. Each verse begins with another letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Verse three, uh, chapter three has 66 verses. So there are three verses per letter of the alphabet. So it's 22, 22, 66, 22, 22 verses. And it's as if, it's not as if, the intention is that Jeremiah is bringing us to the climax of the chapter. And so I pick up in verse 16 of chapter 3 and listen to the, to the theme of hope here. It says, He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me, and made me cower in ashes. That's another way of saying like, He's made me eat my words or um, my words are, are like eating dirt, right? So that's basically what he's saying. I'm eating dirt. Um, he's made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I think of Pastor Ken's sermon this past sun, Sunday. My soul is bereft of peace. I've forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Here he is and his hope is, is he has no hope, is what he's saying. But then he calls this, verse 19, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall my soul continually remembers it and, my, and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. And we all know these verses. In fact, I can almost hear you saying these with me. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. 
His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. At a time when there was no hope for Jeremiah, as he sits and the city is burning in front of him and the smoke is going up and he has no hope in Jerusalem, he turns in the midst of his affliction, in the midst of his the bitterness and the gall, and he says, my hope is in Jehovah. That's where he finds his hope. And then he says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. So my encouragement to us today is by way of hyperbole. Um, oftentimes we, we use the method of hyperbole to stress, look at their situation. It was really, really bad. And even though I don't want to minimize some of the things that we're going through, especially those of you who are quarantined and are shut in and you can't come outside and enjoy a beautiful day like this, uh, we look at Jeremiah uh, and we say, you know what? Uh, when you look at what he had, uh, he saw hope. And just as the sun came up this morning, it's a reminder that God's mercies are new. Sometimes we think about our rights and the rights that we've lost and our right to do this or that. And what Jeremiah is saying is, um, I have no rights. My before God, I deserve only to die. So when the sun comes up in the morning, I realize, oh, he's been merciful to me. I've lived to see another day. I wasn't one of those who died in the invasion. I wasn't one of those who was taken with coronavirus. I've survived and the sun has come up as a reminder to me that God is faithful because he brought the sun up. C.S. Lewis, uh, once talked about um, he believes in God like he believes in the sun. Not because he sees it every day. Not every day is a beautiful sunny day like this. Not because he uh, sees it every day. Remember, he lived in England where it was always cloudy. But because by it, he sees everything. And if we look at the day, not through the lens of our rights or what we've lost, but at, through the lens of God's mercies are new. And he's allowed me to live this day and my hope is in him. I wonder how that would uh, help us through and give us hope. So that's my prayer for you today, that tomorrow as the sun comes up, rather than despairing because it might be cloudy or whatever else, or it's another day and not knowing what we're doing, believe me, I'm having those days. I've had them, I am having them, I will have them. His mercies are new today and our hope is in him. Be blessed.